0: You're listening to the Kinergy Sports Podcast, hosted by Jacob Kennedy. This is episode 6 of the Kinergy Sports Podcast. The NBA draft took place late last week, and I've had a few days to think about what went down during the draft. DeAndre Ayton was taken number one overall by the Suns, and then Marvin Bagley out of Duke was taken number two overall. And I'm going to break down some of my winners of the draft later on. But first, there's something I want to jump right into, and everything changes over time. Everything evolves over time. Time changes so many things, and this is the same with the NBA. The NBA has evolved drastically over the last five years. It's always evolving, but ever since this Warriors dynasty has started, it has been moving at a rapid pace. And there's something I see every single year in the NBA draft that I cannot understand. I can't see it. Part of being successful is the ability to adapt. And we see that, we see this everywhere. Just think about in the business world. Everyone remembers Blockbuster. You could go in and you could rent your movies and then you could bring them back and it was a hit. Everyone loved Blockbuster. It was thriving. Then, as time changes, Netflix shows up. And Netflix decides we're going to mail videos. And Blockbuster, instead of adapting to the times when people were jumping on board with, we we don't even need to leave our house to go get movies, we can just have Netflix mail them, Blockbuster stood its ground and refused to adapt and then Netflix has evolved all the way to what it is today and look where Blockbuster is now. Blockbuster fell behind as technology advanced. It refused to change. So where am I going with this? The Warriors are Netflix. The Rockets are Netflix. Blockbuster are these teams holding on to the idea that spending a top five draft pick on a big man is going to solve all their issues. That's not what the NBA is today. The value of big men has dropped drastically. Look, in the top seven picks of the NBA draft, this is how they went. Number one overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, center. Number two overall pick, Marvin Bagley, power forward. Number four overall pick, Jaron Jackson, power forward. Number six, Mo Bamba, center. Number seven, Wendell Carter, center. Five out of the top seven dra- draft picks in this year's draft were big men. This, jokingly earlier this week, just messaging back and forth, I I was telling people big men are useless. And while I don't think that's true, they're not useless, I was somewhat joking. It is relevant. And when I thought about it, I thought, how how successful are these big men that are drafted in the top five of the draft so I went in and I looked and I picked out five of the best big men in the NBA that were top top five picks and you can put them in whatever order you want I had Anthony Davis Joel Embiid Boogie Cousins Carl Anthony Towns and Christoph Porzingis out of these five players and they're stars every everyone agrees they're stars Everyone believes that spending that early draft pick on a big man, it it worked. It helped that organization. It was the right choice. Out of those five players, 23 total seasons in the NBA, they have a combined two playoff series. Anthony Davis has one this year. Joel Embiid had one this year. Boogie Cousins was on the Pelicans but didn't play. He was injured. They have two playoff series wins in 23 combined seasons. They were all top five picks. They're all big men. So this is what I'm getting at. The Suns, Kings, Grizzlies, Magic, and Bulls. There is a reason they are picking so high in the draft. They are not adapting to what the NBA is today. Do I think some of these players have a chance? I think Marvin Bagley is a good player. I don't think he's a franchise changer. I don't. I don't think drafting a seven-foot... Big man that can't shoot and can't take anyone off the dribble really is the right way to go. I'm not saying the Suns should have picked Trey Young, but I'm saying that the value of a top five pick in the NBA has significantly dropped in recent years. The NBA draft becomes less valuable every single year. With free agency turning into what it is today, these young players They're not making as big of an impact as what you could get if you traded these picks for veteran players or even traded back. I think it's you're better off, if you're drafting in the top five, to trade that pick for assets or two or three picks later on in the draft than you are taking a big man in the top five. Steph Curry was the seventh overall pick. Clay Thompson was a mid-first-round pick. Donovan Mitchell was a mid-first-round pick. These aren't first-overall, second-overall guys. Trade back, get more picks and assets, let them develop over time. That's what the Celtics have done, and the Celtics are the next-in-line dynasty. The way to go is to wait. You're not going to become the best team in the NBA. You're not going to become the Warriors by selecting... DeAndre Ayton with the first overall pick. It's not going to happen. And again, I'm not saying these guys aren't going to be good players. I like Ayton, And I like Marvin Bagley. But the numbers don't lie. Anthony Davis is a great talent. Maybe he could be on a better organization. He probably could be. But one playoff win, as great as he is. Boogie Cousins. Hasn't won a playoff series. Carl anthony Towns hasn't came close to winning a series. Christophs Porzingis is on a terrible organization, but he hasn't came close to winning a series. Porzingis can't even make the playoffs. The NBA is moving towards perimeter players. And it's obvious that the teams are scared to spend a high lottery pick on a skinny point guard that can shoot. They're scared they're gonna waste one, they're scared he's gonna bust. But that, that's what the NBA is moving towards. Trade back. Get more picks. Develop players. Get assets. Build around a couple veterans. You have to adapt. One of the most important parts of being successful is adapting. The Warriors have changed. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson have changed the NBA. Dwight Howard used to be a wrecking ball in this league. And now he can't even stay on a team. He's worthless. You can't keep him on the court when you play the Warriors. The NBA is more guard dominant than than it has ever been. Which confuses me as to why teams every year spend the top 5, 6, 7, 8 picks in the draft on big men. How many actually work out? How many contribute to a championship contender? Do the math. Look at the top 8, 9, 10 picks in the last 5 years. Look at all the big men that were selected. Look how many of them panned out. There are other ways to build in the NBA. There are new ways to build in the NBA. And it's almost frustrating every year to see these teams make the same mistake. Drafting centers with the first overall pick isn't going to get you to that top tier of the NBA. The evidence is there. Carl Anthony Towns can't win a playoff series. Look at LA. DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin were both on the Clippers. They still struggled winning in the playoffs. Boogie Cousins can't win a playoff series. Porzingis can't get to the playoffs. Embiid won playoff series win Anthony Davis won playoff series win Kevin Love when he was in Minnesota couldn't make it to the playoffs you can build around your team and have the best player on your team be a center but think back when's the last time an NBA champion's best player was a center it's not recent times are changing the NBA's changing These teams have to adapt if they want to catch pace with the Warriors and the Rockets. The next thing I want to discuss, I'm going to discuss some of the winners of the NBA draft that I felt like did the best job. I don't like picking out losers of the NBA draft just because I feel like with two rounds and what the draft has become... I almost feel like the teams are more likely to be losers anyways. It's hard to find that player in the draft that was really special once you get outside of the lottery. It's not like the NFL draft where you can still find starting quarterbacks in the second, third, fourth round of the draft. So I, I, prim- I primarily want to focus on the winners. <clears throat> and the first one was obvious. I think the Dallas Mavericks just had an awesome draft. I think Luka Doncic has a chance to be the best player that comes out of this draft. I really believe that. And I think one year alongside Dirk is going to be a great story for the NBA. And I think he has a really good chance at being Rookie of the Year. I think he is unbelievably talented. I don't like to get too excited over European players just because usually they haven't faced the competition that they see over here. And that's true with Luca, but I mean, he's been playing for Real Madrid since he was 13 years old. He's been around the environment for quite some time and he is gifted. And I am so excited to see what he can do with the Mavericks. And also, picking up Jalen Brunson out of Villanova in the second round, I think this is a great pickup. Three year college veteran smart guy knows how to maneuver around the court efficiently when it, when you get to the second round in the NBA, in the NBA draft for me it makes more sense to take a mature player out of college a junior or senior that's just trying to find their way into the draft than to risk a pick on like a one and done that you think might have potential but I think going with a mature player is smart in the second round. Jalen Brunson has been there and done that at the highest stages of college, and I think he is going to be one of the more valuable second-round picks of this year. And my second winner was the Denver Nuggets, and this is solely because of Michael Porter Jr. If it wasn't for the one-and-done rule, Michael Porter Jr. would have been the number one overall pick last year. And that's just shows you how dumb this rule is and how it needs to be changed soon. And But that's another day, another argument. Michael Porter Jr., if he can be healthy, is one of the best three players in this draft with Doncic and Marvin Bagley. And I think if he can stay healthy this year, the Nuggets were very close to making the playoffs, and I think they can definitely be playoff caliber. And I'm excited to see what Michael Porter junior can do because in the draft he should have been taken i was thinking he was if he was going to fall he was going to fall to six seven maybe get to the cavaliers and if he fell to the cavaliers i wanted him to them to take him i never would have thought he would have fell all the way to 14 that was a steal that was a steal the draft and i'm excited to see what he can do if he can stay healthy my third winner was the atlanta hawks and it was interesting when I was evaluating everyone's picks on all the teams, you look at the Hawks, and it seems that they were basically trying to mimic the Warriors. And I'm completely okay with that thought process. But if you look at their three picks, Trey Young, ball handler, elite shooter, elite offensively, he is, they want him to be their Steph Curry. That's what they want to get out of Trey Young. They love what he brings. I think he's going to have a fantastic career. Struggled late last year in the college season, but he is so gifted, talented, talented, and he can shoot the ball, and I love it. And their second pick, Kevin Herter. He is the spot up shooter of the draft. He is their Clay Thompson. He is what Clay was coming out of college he's a spot-up shooter he is lights out and it seems as if they're trying to build that splash bros 2.0 out of these rookies with Trey Young and Kevin Herder, and even falling late in the first round the last pick in the first round they picked up Omari Spellman out of, out of Villanova big man and to me this feels a lot like the them trying to bring in the big man the tough guy I think he's going to be... They want him to be the Draymond Green of their team. So if you just look over it, Trey Young, ball handler, elite offensively, elite shooter, Steph, Kevin Herter, elite spot-up shooter, that hopefully they're wanting him to turn into sort of a clay figure. And then picking up late in the first round towards the second round, the big man, the tough guy, Omari Spellman the Draymond Green of that team it was just interesting I think they did a fantastic job in this draft and they're going to be one of the exciting young teams to watch just to see how these three rookies gel together because I think all of them are going to get a tremendous amount of playing time and they're going to be such a fun team to watch so I'm excited to see how these rookies fare in their summer camps and we have a big few weeks moving forward in the NBA. Free agency is going to start here within a week or so. We're going to find out, hopefully, where LeBron's going or if he's staying. and It's going to be a really, really exciting offseason for the NBA, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kennedy Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Jacob underscore K-E-N-N-2. Like and retweet on Twitter. Like and share on Facebook. And make sure you subscribe to my podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure to drop a review. Let me know what you liked. Let me know what you didn't like. Uh, Interact with me. You can message me on Twitter. Let me know what you want to hear on the show. And make sure you tune in next week for my next podcast.